Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Monday, February 21st edition of the Basement Academy. Our morning psalm is Psalm 21. It is a psalm extolling and honoring the king, David, or the son of David, which ultimately is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And there's some foreshadowing language that we'll hear about length of days forever and ever. But there's also uh, the second half of the psalm it's a little darker, and it's about God taking care of the enemy of the king. And both of these, of course, are fulfilled uh, in Jesus Christ, who crushes the serpent's head. So it's a great psalm to pray as we, as we embrace uh, Christ as Messiah, but also to remember in our trials <laughs> the enemies that are within inside of us, you know, our own sin, and the enemies outside of us, um, our opponents, that God will set all right through um, through his own purposes. And so Psalm 21, for the director of music. O Lord, the king rejoices in your strength. How great is his joy in the victories you give. You have granted him the desire of his heart and have not withheld the request of his lips. You welcomed him with rich blessings and placed a crown of pure gold on his head. He asked you for life and you gave it to him length of days forever and ever. Through the victories you gave, his glory is great. You have bestowed on him splendor and majesty. Surely you have granted him eternal blessings and made him glad with the joy of your presence. For the king trusts in the Lord. Through the unfailing love of the Most High, he will not be shaken. Your hand will lay hold on all your enemies. Your right hand will seize your foes. At the time of your appearing, you will make them like a fiery furnace. In his wrath, the Lord will swallow them up and his fire will consume them. You will destroy their descendants from the earth, their posterity from mankind. Though they plot evil against you and devise wicked schemes, they cannot succeed. For you will make them turn their backs when you aim at them with drawn bow. Be exalted, O Lord, in your strength. We will sing and praise your might. Amen. We rejoice in the victory that God the Father gave Jesus over the grave that becomes our source of joy and victory and the defeat of our enemy. Okay. Uh, this week is your turn to ask questions. It, if it's just this week, it's this week. If it goes for a couple weeks, it goes for a couple weeks. So I'm going to call this Questions from the Academy. Um, you can submit your questions through the church website. Uh, there'll be a button there, a little box, and you can just type in. Uh, you can remain anonymous or you can, I think you might be able to put your email address um, and then it'll come to me and then I'll just answer the question uh, over the next coming days. Or you can just email me directly, dmeeks at greenwichpres.org. And uh, got a couple uh, questions over the weekend uh, to get going on. Um, the first is, what is the difference between a hymn and a song? There's that passage in um, Ephesians, I think it's in Colossians as well, where the apostle instructs us to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in our hearts to the Lord. So there seems to be a distinction, a psalm, a hymn, uh, uh, a spiritual song. Now, 
the most basic way of saying this, uh, difference between a hymn and a song, all hymns are songs, not all songs are hymns, okay? And so a hymn is simply a song of praise to God. It, it comes from an old Latin word, I think, and it had to do with singing songs to the, 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 the of tribute, you know, uh, to the, the gods. And so it just gets applied, our songs of praise to God. Now, typically... So, so that's just the most basic definition. We can move to the next question, right? A hymn is a song of praise to God. But my guess is that the question comes from a context where in our society, in our church, current church world, there are churches that sing hymns and there are churches that sing contemporary songs, right? It, it, there's a distinction made that technically is probably not a false distinction <clears throat> because even a church that has a praise band and does not sing any songs out of our hymnal, you know, they're not familiar to the hymn singers. <laughs> that song is still a song of praise to God. So technically would be understood as a hymn, but we have made a distinction uh, I'm reaching around to get my hymnal out here, okay? Here's our little red hymnal that we use at Greenwich, and it's got pages and it's got notes. We all know what a hymnal looks like, right? And typically there's three lines per verse, and there's three or four or five verses per song. And a hymn has a kind of, you can tell when you're hearing a hymn, right? It has kind of a cha 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 you know there's a there's a pattern there's a strophic nature there's a structure sometimes the first line introduces the melody the second line might echo that melody with slight alteration the third line might soar up and then the fourth line resolves okay it's a very typical uh, pattern i found when i uh, took that sabbatical uh, back in 2010 and wrote new music to old hymns, right? They, they were out of an old 1895 hymnal. I don't know if I intentionally planned it that way because I'm not a student of music. I don't even read music, believe it or not. <clears throat> but, you know, I know chord patterns and melodies and things like that. And I found that the songs I wrote had kind of a verse one, or, you know, line one, line two, line three, line four, you know, resolution. Um, and so they have what we might consider a more hymn-like quality, though they're written for guitar. So that has a contemporary feel to it also, right? So, um, so hymns uh, are, are I, I think, you know, characterized uh, by a, a, a kind of a clear structure, um, melodic form, sometimes some harmonic structure. Lon would be the one that probably answer this question. Um, my guess is, again, I think the questioner probably is in the context of what's the difference between what Greenwich is doing in singing hymns versus another church that is singing contemporary songs. So I'd say we're, we're both doing the same things. And so I will refer to more contemporary songs that we will sing because we do sing some of those. I will refer to those sometimes as hymns because they are, right? They're a song of praise 
uh, to to God. So, anyway, hope that suffices for a, 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 a an answer. Uh, and if if not, follow up with another question to clarify uh, that a little further. Uh, second question has to do with what is the purpose of God, and the the, the question came in, in this way: What is the purpose of God? Since since God is not created. Um, or the way it says, since not created, God has no purpose. He just is. So I I might question that. I'll I'll try to tease that out. In your reflections, you listed the purpose of many things, but not God. Do not recall this idea of the purpose of God ever being part of my thoughts before now. Has anyone uh, written on what is the purpose of God? Have you come across this question in your years of reflection and study? So great question. So God is the uncreated being, right? We are created in the image of God. We do not have life in and of ourselves. We are uh, dependent upon things outside of us for life. We need oxygen. We need food. We need water, uh, clothing, shelter. You could argue we need love. We need community. Apart from those, we die. God does not die. God has no beginning, has no end. God is. And of course, that's our finite minds. Well, who created God? That's one of the questions that our children typically ask, right? If God created us, who created God? Well, God is the unmoved mover. God is the uncreated creator. Uh, From our shorter catechism, let me read this. This is question number four. What is God? God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. I mean, there's a lot there. Implied in each of these, God is a being that has knowledge, right? So, Wisdom implies there's knowledge. Wisdom is understanding what to do, when to do, how to do, right? And so it, it, it assumes, presupposes knowledge. So God has rationality. God has mind. God has being. God has will. And so power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. Goodness implies there's a discretion or discernment, uh, discretion between um good and and evil truth implies falsehood right and so great question what is the purpose of god <clears throat> but I'm, i want to back up to what is purpose in general purpose is intention or intent it is desire it is want i want things to happen today I've got a set, it's Monday morning, I've got a set of activities I want to engage in, I've got work to do, I've got conversations to to have, uh, there may be some exercise involved, there's meals to take, and so so my day stretches in front of me, I have mind, I have rationality in the image of God, and so I can even envision the future. God envisions the future, that's kind of his predestining language, right? He envisions the future and then acts towards that future. We envision the future. You're setting about your day. I don't know what time you're listening or to or watching this, but but this is happening at some point in, in, in your day. You said, hey, I'm going to listen to Meeks for a little bit and, and check in and see what he's thinking about. And, and so that you 
purpose that you you act towards that thing you desire you may you know shut it off right now because this answer is boring and so you click off and you go to do something else that you have purpose that so there's intention there's desire and then there's the application of mind and will combined with some power to act towards that thing you want to happen does that make sense i mean i've, I've never been asked the question quite like this or i've never thought about it quite like this every being has purpose and there's two senses to that every being every sentient being every every being with knowledge has the capacity to act towards the things they desire and so and so i'm choosing i'm acting i am willing i am intending i i am i am uh, moving towards i have motives and so all of those words kind of come together in this under this rubric or umbrella of purpose but the purpose of humanity so there's a sense of okay so i have i act with purpose but there's a purpose to my life that is to glorify god and enjoy him forever that's the chief end or chief purpose so i am created for a purpose god desires things for my life for your life and so this is what we've been talking about for these last several weeks God works all things for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. And then Paul articulates that purpose to be conformed to the likeness or image of his son, Jesus. So that in our thinking and acting and desiring and willing, we would be choosing the things that Jesus would have us choose. Um, we would be desiring the things that he would desire for us to desire. That, that sounds redundant, but I choose what has been chosen for me. I, I will what God wills for me. God has created us free, and I'm going to, I think because of time, I'm probably going to get to this autonomy and free will question tomorrow. <clears throat> but created in the image of God we we have capacities that are god-like we are not gods we are not god and this was adam and eve's autonomous act right to be like god wanted to be him but created in the image of god we are created with a capacity for purpose and somehow the purpose of god and i think that i think i'm now finally understanding you know what the question is what is the purpose of God? If the purpose of humanity is to glorify God and enjoy him, what is the purpose of God? Well, well, the purpose of God is his own glory and joy. I think that's how I would answer that. And so God acts, God intends to interact and engage with the world that God has made. God is apart from the world but God acts towards and in the world, and of course, supremely in the person of Jesus Christ, right? The incarnation of God in the person of Jesus to show us how to live. And so God's purpose is glory and joy. Uh, God's purpose is love. God is love. Love uh, desires the well-being of others. God's uh, uh, love sacrifices 
love gives. For God so loved the world that he gave, right? And so love and joy and glory are bundled into this is the purpose of God. And then God shares glory and joy and love. And so, so it, it's, a, it's a good question because the, just, so just the same way um, our children, we have purposes for our children's lives, right? I, I want the best for them. I, you know, we direct our children towards, uh, you, know, you know, hey, take piano lessons, take guitar lessons, take math lessons, take science lessons, take dance lessons, uh, play sports, um, read these books, pick up your room. You know, there's things that we act towards our children so that they will have a happy, successful life, that they would learn to be responsible, um, resourceful um, people, human beings, so that apart from us, they can stand on their own feet and act towards the world in a good way. So we have purposes, but where did those purposes come from? Well, it's because God has purposes for us as humans. And so, and so this, this thing comes together. It's a wonderful question. Thank you. It's really gotten me thinking um, a little bit over the weekend, but more even as I'm, as I'm recording this. God has a will. And so I think I'll, I'll wrap up with a, a reading from Ephesians, which is going to sound very confusing. Um, we, we studied this last year in the Basement Academy. We did this last fall uh, at Greenwich on Sunday mornings. Remember, what I'm getting ready to read is one sentence now from Ephesians chapter 1. But listen to the language of will and purpose and intent. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So he acts to bless us. For he chose us, so there's action and intent. He chose us, God the Father chose us in him, that is in Christ, before the creation of the world. So there was time before something happened, God was already intending for something else to happen subsequent. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. So there was, there's purpose. God chooses, calls us to be holy and blameless. In love, he predestined us. There's that thing. Intending a future, imagining a future, and then acting towards that. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, the one he loves, Jesus Christ, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. So God intended to lavish on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us. So there's a revealing. God makes known the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. There's that language again. To be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. One sentence in the original. So the purpose of God is to be God. <laughs> the purpose of God is to 
So God exists to share glory, to share love, to share his very nature. And so we talked about that last week. His, he does this that we may share in his holiness, Hebrews. Uh, he does this that we may share his divine nature, First Peter. We were reading that on Thursday or Friday of last week. And so God's purpose, the reason God is, is so that life and love and joy and glory and holiness would be embraced and loved by more? It's a great question. <laughs> There's ultimately an unfathomable aspect to this. Why, the question is a little bit, why is God? Why does God exist? I think that's what is the purpose of God. Why does God exist? God exists to give life and to share love and that we might uh, enjoy that. And then the purposes of God that are executed then, the will of God it moves towards his creation. And, and I think we'll probably, let me, I'll kind of pick up with some thoughts here and then we'll try to get to this autonomy and free will question tomorrow. So anyway, um, definitely a thinking cap, you know, scratch your chin day. And uh, why don't you contemplate that as well and would welcome any uh, additional thoughts you might say. So, so let me remind you, uh, submit questions if you wish, any question about anything, Typically, it's about Bible theology things, but if you want to ask about sports, I'll answer that question too. Um, or just shoot it straight to me uh, at my email, okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for being and for sharing your being and your life and your joy and your glory and your hope and your nature with us. And thank you for the incarnation of your love in the person of Jesus Christ, our redemption, our redeemer. Help us to live into your purposes that we might find greater purpose in this life. And so as we begin this journey of questions and answers, Lord, reveal yourself among us, deepen our faith, hope, and love as we pray in the name of the Savior who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, may the eternal God who exists to share love and life and glory and joy, may that God bless you and keep you this day and forevermore. Amen.